all my life I wanted to be a change agent. Well, now I'm in a position where I can be one. Each and every day, across the country, there are thousands of incredible Centria technicians and clinicians providing ABA therapy to individuals with autism. And this show is about telling their stories and the stories of our tireless staff that support this powerful mission. I'm your host, Timothy Yeager, and this is the Do Wonders Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Do Wonders Podcast. I couldn't be more excited to introduce you to Daryl Lewis, a supervising clinician in the Detroit area. It's clear he has a heart for serving his community. It's evident that he's passionate about the work that he does. What touched me most was the heart of a man who wanted to be an agent of change and then found the science of behavior analysis as the mechanism to do such a thing. I hope you enjoy listening as much as I enjoy talking with him. Thanks for joining me, Daryl. Thanks for having me, Tim. So uh, for our listeners that are joining, um, how about you just tell us a little about yourself, who you are, what you do at Centria, and how long you've been doing it? I've been at Centria for going on four years now. I started off as an ABA tech, basically I was a tech. Um, after, I think I did that for maybe 18 months. You know, I had two cases, no, three cases. And um, from there I had a couple of, it was one BC at the time and another ABA tech, they were like, hey Daryl, you know, you really feel like you're passionate about this. We love your attitude. You should go to the CI program. I'm like, the what? Like the (laughs) CI program. I'm like, okay, so what do they do? Like, they'll help you become a BCBA. Of course, I'm like, how much does that cost? (laughs) I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) So that was basically how that went. And um, when when I got into the CI program, the thing is, a lot of things that didn't make sense to me as a tech or a lot of things that I kind of fought as a tech, I got a lot of it, it clear. I got a lot of clarity through it to where it was like, okay, I understand why my BCBA would tell me to do this. I understand why, you know, um, or how, like different things that they wanted you to do or different techniques they would use to where it's like, you know, put the child in extinction. I'm thinking like, no, this child is bad. <laughs> so, so it, it, it it made me understand just, you know, that a lot of the things we were doing, you know, they, they were, they, they had significance and it wasn't just, they were throwing things out there. I understood the science of ABA where before they would say, Hey, ABA is a science. I'm like, yeah, sure it is. (laughs) ABA is a job that I have from 10 to four. Right. No, but I, I, I even went back to a lot of my BCBAs or, VCs that I had at the time, and I apologize to them. Like, hey, I'm sorry for how it was, but I really didn't know. <laughs> you know, so um, before that, I um, before that I audited AFC homes. I worked in sales. Um, 
I talk a lot. So people who talk a lot do really good in sales. <laughs> you know, so, um, and I was a long-term sub for like a year, about a year and a half. So I went, how'd, you, how'd you find the job as a tech? Oh, wow. Okay. I was working in my sales position. Um, they, they changed the tier, the, um, the bonus structure. So everybody on the sales floor, we were all mad. And I went home and I got on my computer and I said, I'll show them I'm going to apply to a job. So you go to eat indeed job and they have it where you can just hit enter and they just automatically start sending in your resume. About two days later, I get a call from Centria. I'm thinking it's Concentra. <laughs> okay, y'all, I guess it's time for my annual urinalysis or whatever it is. So I'm talking, they're like, this isn't Concentria, this is Century. I'm like, Century, who are y'all? What do y'all do? They're like, well, we work with ABA. I'm like, what's ABA? They're like, well, it's kids with autism, this, you know. I'm like, oh, man, okay, I- I'd love to do that. That's what I went to school for. So let's bring it. So bring it. Let's give it a try. I went, I worked part-time, and I loved it. You know, um, it was like it, it was like nothing that I've, I've done before, even as a teacher, as um, an a- AFC home supervisor. You know, it was just it, it's just when I got in, I just felt something to where it was like, hey, all my life I wanted to be a change agent. Well, now I'm in a position where I can be one. And that meant so much to me. And I, I remember going to the, my sales position. And I know it's not right, but I said, hey, y'all, it's a 24-hour notice. I'm out of here. I found, you know, I, I, I'm at the time, I'm maybe, you know, I'm not going to, I'll put my age out there. I was probably 38. And I'm like, man, I finally found my passion because I thought it was going to be in education. It didn't take long for me to realize, like, you know what, this isn't, this isn't what I signed up for when I became, when I said, hey, I want to be a teacher. There were certain things about it that I just thought was, I just couldn't do it. Right. So with ABA, it was the, you know how you have like how, what you dream something is and then with the reality of what it actually is. Yep. ABA was the reality of what it actually was for me. And I felt like, okay, I'm, 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 I'm the change agent that I know I could be. And I know that I'm having an effect on the population that I serve. And to me, man, that's powerful. That's a, what I see is this common theme of, you know, I, I spoke with uh, Angela Cater previously yeah. and um, I was reminded of a Skinner quote and you reminded me of this exact same Skinner quote is when you run into something interesting, you drop everything else and yeah. you study it and you pursue it. Ooh. And, um, that's uh, a powerful story. So how, how does, so you, you spoke a little about your role as a tech and I was a tech at one time. Um, how does that transformation that occurred for you as going from a tech, then going into um, the Century Institute and how that illuminated the science, how does that help your work with techs now? Like that perspective and that change for you? Well, it, it, it's a good thing and it's a bad thing. The good thing is I, I emphasize Empathize, help me with the word, empathize. Empathize, yeah. My God, here we go. I empathize with what techs go through. I understand when your kiddo is having a behavior and you feel like everybody's staring at you and you feel like you're doing the worst job ever. And what do you mean you want me to put in extinction? He's hitting me. Yeah. You know, the, so it, it, 
it made it to where I felt like I was more relatable to my techs. Cause it's like, Hey man, I've been through that too. Yep. I tell people the only thing that hasn't happened to me at this job is I haven't been pooped on, but I've been peeping. <laughs> um, a kiddo, um, damaged my finger. You know, I, my finger was broke. The kiddo was having a behavior and he smashed my finger. You know, he just punched it. You know, I had the cast on, he just hit it. I was like, man, and my finger is to this day is, is, it's not going to heal right. They're telling me I need surgery for it to heal right. Mm-hmm. So, it, it made it to where I understood the quote unquote struggle of being a tech. But it also, I tell people, I'm like, it also has it to where sometimes when I'm doing a um, supervision, I'm like, okay, try this, do this. You know what? Move out the way. I got it. Yeah. And you're like, man, how can I, you know, so I've taken, <laughs> it's like, I'm taking BST to yep. a whole nother level, way, way farther than I have to take it. Cause in my mind, I still feel like, man, I'm a tech. I still, yep. you know, I, you know, so I, I sometimes fight that where I'm like, no, I got to let them grow. I have to teach my techs. And the, the easy route is to just say, move out the way. I got this. Let me show you what I'm doing. And a lot of times I had to realize I'm. it's like I have to make sure I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for them. I liken it to um, the best athletes are always the worst coaches. Yep. You know? For sure. <laughs> Well, for sure. Yes. Yeah. My, Michael Jordan didn't have to learn how to do all these things, right? He just outplayed everybody with, you know, skill and hard work, yeah. but those types of, yeah, I was a basketball coach um, for five years, high school basketball coach. And the, the ability to be a coach is, is actually time how to communicate the things that you learned to help overcome oftentimes like athletic deficits that you had as a player. Exactly. Right. Um, Steve Kerr's pretty great coach. He wasn't the most athletic man, right? Like he could shoot the three, but he couldn't really do much else. He had that J work, but besides that, you didn't expect yeah. to sit in the corner, wait for me to pass you the ball, hit that shot. Yep. That's how you're going to become a millionaire. Yeah. That's how you're going to stay in the league, you know? So when I became a um, BC, you know, that is something where I had to tell myself, like, Daryl, are you really helping these people? Or are you just basically, are you like, look what I can do? Yep. You know, and I had to kind of reel, reel that in, you know. Yeah, that, that, that's a, a takeaway point for anyone when you, you move, you know, to a different level in a job. Is that the skills that got you into the job are not necessarily the skills that are going to make you successful in your next job. Yes, right? Yes. And so... Here's, here's one point that I think would help that helped me is telehealth. Telehealth from a supervisory position is definitely putting you, yourself in that situation to where you can't jump in there and model. Yes. You have to be able to coach and direct them. Yeah. And that is a challenge because I was very similar to you. I was like, just get out of the way. Let me show you what to do and do exactly what I do. Yeah. Um, and that was a crutch for me as a clinician many times. Yeah. Um, you want so to screen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For sure. So, What's a great day for you, Daryl? A great day as far as the job or just a yeah. period? Period. Okay. It's going to sound corny at times, but a great day is um, I wake up. Um, I see my wife. I see my children. I get to talk to them and see how they're you know, let's come together, huddle up and figure out how we're going to make our day great. We, we send each other off. You know, I come to work. 
Um, I feel like I've had a productive day at work, you know, some, cause sometimes you, you come home, you leave work and you feel like, man, I did not, I did not do, I did not give my best Daryl today. I wasn't my best Daryl today, but you, 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 um, you know, you, you're working with kiddos or you're doing your supervising and everything else. And, and you feel like, okay, my text got it. Um, my RCD, I actually answered her emails. <laughs> you know? And then you come home um, after that. Um, I guess you could say some of the paperwork that you have to do, that's limited because I actually took care of that while at work. So I'm not bringing work home. Um, get to see my wife. Get to hug my daughters. Punch my son. <laughs> <laughs> Eat a good meal and just be be with my family, you know, and and have and put everything in perspective because you know. So to me, that's a great day. I'm a simple guy. I don't need a whole lot, you know. Um, I, I tell people I don't consider supervision work. I don't consider, you know, um, educating text work. Writing assessments, that's work. <laughs> and then drive or the spreadsheets, that's work. But superv- supervision, going to actually going to work and doing my job, to me, that's not work. I, I, I tell everybody, that's free money. Thanks, Centria. <laughs> you know, so, and just, you know, the simple things. I, I work hard, I come home, and I father and husband hard. Yeah. You know, that's what, you know. I love that. Okay, so. So what's your best Daryl at work? When you say you want to be your best Daryl, what, what does that look like when you're at the center? Okay. My best Daryl is a Daryl who walks in. I'm happy. I'm energetic. I'm giving positive reinforcement to everybody. You know, um, I, I'm engaged with my kiddo. I'm engaged with my tech. I'm, I, I'm coming up with ideas or I'm working with my tech to come up with ideas to better suit Basically, that a better suit the kiddos that we serve. You know, um, my tech is receptive to the instruction. I'm receptive to what they're going through. You know, um, my kiddo, I'm seeing them to where, okay, they may not be mastering domains, but I'm seeing um, increase. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing them progress. You know, um, me that that's a good day and, and a lot of it is just attitude you know um people always say daryl when you come in the center we can hear you show mm-hmm. i'm supposed to hear you too <laughs> you know yeah that's my best day or, or when i give when i'm um working with the kiddo or when i'm working with the kiddo and say aisle four and i hear my tech in aisle 12 giving positive reinforcement Good job, Westwood. That's how you do it. (laughs) That's a good day. That energy, man. Yeah. That energy, because if I'm feeling it and I'm at the point where I'm over it, then what's this four year old feeling? For sure. When when this kiddo who you've been trying to get them to say, yah, for the past (laughs) two weeks finally says, yah, I'm losing my mind. Or when you're trying to get them to match and they finally do it and they, you know, that praise that they get, you know, or that feeling that gets where they know, like, hey, yep. I accomplished something. 
Now, I'm not sure why they have me matching this bike with this bike, but I did it. I accomplished something. And you just see them, you know, you can, again, you can feel it. It's that energy, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the days when I'm saying, hey, I'm, I'm giving my best. My, when, I left, when I got in my car to go home, my tech said, it, it, my tech feels like, hey, I've learned something. Daryl came here and did his job. He taught me something. Um, Daryl came in and my kiddo may have been having a behavior. Um, Daryl, and I needed Daryl to be there and to show me. And he did it. Yeah, he got punched. Yeah, he got smacked. Yeah, the kiddo sat in the corner and cried and yelled for 15 minutes. But at the end of the day, what Daryl showed me was actually productive. It mattered. Here I go again. It was effective for what they're trying for what they're trying to um, accomplish as techs. And they feel and, and so that weight that they're feeling before I came in, maybe I just took a little bit off of them for the day. And so. so to me, that's a, that's a good day of work. That's powerful. Okay. Now, let's talk about one of those words you said. So positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, your personality just exudes and drips positive reinforcement. And I can see how you, you walk into center and that changes. Um, I try. So I, I can say that when we say the term positive reinforcement for people that are not uh, behavior analysts, or studied our science, they may hear something completely different. Yeah. Right. So they may hear, Oh, those are like stickers you give to somebody or candy that you give to somebody. And that's like some type of like in extrinsic type of outward thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd go even as far as some people, I think that it might be a bad thing. And so I thought that maybe we could talk a little bit today about the power of positive reinforcement and how it, it's actually at play in everything that we do as, as people. Man, it's life. It's, it's you know, um, I always say we live in a society and I, if I'm off track, pull me back. It's all good. Like we live in a society that's just punish, 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 punish. And it's like, and I tell people, I'm like, it doesn't get you anywhere. You know, I grew up in the 70s or I, I, grew, I was in the late 70s, early 80s, where, you know, getting a whooping. Nowadays, if you whoop your child, everybody's like, oh, gosh, call Child Protective Services. Back in the early 80s, 80s if you didn't whoop your child, oh, gosh, call Child Protective Services. Yeah. You know, so I was like, we live in a society where we punish, punish, punish. And meanwhile, we have all this greatness happening around us. And we just say, well, you know, that's how they're supposed to be. I don't agree with that. You know, I think that it's, I I think that we need to, when, when I look at positive reinforcement, I look at it on both levels. I look at it like, okay, if you have somebody who's doing good, who's giving behaviors or who's displaying behaviors that you want to see, you need to, you need to give them their, I'm going to put it, you need to give them their props for that. Yep. You know, because you'll sure enough, talk about the person who's doing what they're not supposed to do. Sure. You know, so when I think of positive reinforcement, I think that's how I look at it. I'm like, you know, positive reinforcement is a thank you. You know, positive reinforcement is, um, like I say, uh, if my wife cooks a meal and me saying, yo, babe, this tastes great. I love it. If I just say, hey, thanks a lot, da, 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 and walk away after she cooks a five-course meal, Chances are she's not going to close five <laughs> as much. 
you know, yeah. and vice versa, because I do my cooking too. So, but I also look at positive reinforcement when you were saying it's not always good. I, I'm like, a lot of times we reinforce, and I see a lot of this, not just in ABA, but let's talk about community. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about the environment that we live in. I see a whole lot of positive reinforcement where we're positive reinforcing negative behaviors. Yep. I appreciate that, that, that context um, because one, we live in an environment that often expects things from people mm-hmm. that doesn't deliver positive reinforcement that way. And I think to take a step back for those that are listening that you know don't know our science, positive reinforcement is just any stimulus, anything that follows a behavior that increases the likelihood of that behavior to occur in the future. Right. So for some people that could be praise for some people that could be, you know, a thank you. It could be just like an eye look and an acknowledgement for some people. It needs to be more like, um, significant, right? So for the clients that we work with it, it may need to be some type of like primary reinforcer, like edible or candy, maybe like more tangible or like a toy they get. Um, but if you look at any of the stuff that we do, um, whatever follows that, if it's pleasant to us, we're more likely to do that in the future. Yeah. And what's interesting to me, Daryl, is that that at, at one point was like not a novel idea. Yeah. So like um, if you look through our history of psychology, um, there's this guy named E.L. Thorndike. He actually studied in the basement of the graduate school that I went to um, at, at Teachers College, Columbia University. And um, Kelly DaCosta, one of our other uh, area vice presidents, went there as well. And he um, put cats in a puzzle box and they, the cats had to solve how to get out of this box. And what he found was if they put milk outside of the box and the kids, the cats got milk after they solved this, the puzzle box, then they were more likely to solve that puzzle box quicker in the future. Um, which to us just seems like, duh. Right. Like, but at that point that was like a huge significant breakthrough Um, that predated Skinner and eventually informed what positive reinforcement was. Um, And so to us and to you as a supervising clinician, to me and my job is how do we provide that milk to the people that we work with for the behaviors that we want to select out? And then as a community, what are we doing to support the behaviors in our community that we want to increase? This is not just like what it looks like. This is not just like stickers or, 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 you know, some, you know, uh, you know, in, <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah. Um, it, it'd be a lot of things. And, you know, when we look at, uh, you know, I, I'm not about to dive into the, the challenges of our society, but yeah. when, we, when we look at the behaviors that we want to increase, we've got to figure out ways in which we do it. And so, positive reinforcement is that way. Please tell my text. I was like, you know, jump out of yourself. Remember you when you were that five-year-old kid, that 10-year-old kid, how excited you were the first time you did something as a kid, the first time you rode your bike and your parent or, 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 if, or, your, or your father, your mother saw you actually like you made it down the street on your yeah. bike, you know, or the first time you brought that A home and you walked in the house and your parents, you know, they start calling you smart and saying, oh, you, you're... They hit you with the, you can be anything. <laughs> and you actually yeah. believe that you could be anything. You know, think about that, you know, so the way that verbal praise is given, you know, the way that social praise is given. Add something to that for you, and hopefully it helps you take away something. 
Um, oftentimes our clients have social deficits mm-hmm. and social praise may not always be a type of stimulus that affects their behavior. And so if we want them to become social beings and, and, and participate in a social community, um, that social praise is vital to um, their success as individuals in our community, right? Like we have a whole portion of our language that we call tax that are a, a significant portion of our conversation. And that sole function of that type of conversation is, is social attention and praise. And if we are not doing a good job in working with our clients and establishing social praise as a, an effective reinforcer in the way that we deliver it, we're robbing our clients of meaningful types of language experiences in the future. Um, and so it, it, it goes way beyond just like what we're doing in those moments to actually creating conditions to where in the future, our clients actually feel deprived of social attention. So they want to then communicate in ways that we've taught them. Right. And so um, I've always taught it with my, when I was a teacher and a behavior analyst, you know, my students or clients always knew when they were part of the party and when they were not part of the party. And when they were not part of the party, they knew what the things they had to do to become part of the party. Right. And that distinction, um, you know, is effective for our clients, is effective for the staff that we work with and, and just people in general. Um, we want to have a party. Who does? All right. <laughs> well, here, Daryl, here's a, the last question I got for you. All right. Um, there's a question about you. Okay. So, what, what's your why? Like what are, what's, the, what's the purpose that Daryl lives out each and every day and, and tries to fulfill um, as a person here in our, in our world? In our world, to be a better um, husband, to be a better father, to be somebody who in my community, people can say, hey, they can look, not necessarily, I won't say look up to, but they can understand that he's a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. No, um, no, I, and, and I, I want to, I want to, again, I want to affect change, you know, and I, I want to, when, when everything is all said and done, I don't want, it's not necessarily that I want good things said about me. I want you to see the good things that I've done, mm. you know, so. It starts off, I tell everybody with me, everything starts off at home and then I give it to the world. So how I was raised, the standards that I have as just a human being, you know, that's my why. So. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thank you for letting me get to know you. I really appreciate it, Daryl. No problem. I appreciate it as well, Tim. And that concludes another episode of us telling the stories of our incredible staff and their work to support our powerful mission. Till next week, do wonders.